Welcome to the weekly podcast of Calvary Chapel, South London, a church where the truth of God's word meets and transforms the reality of our daily lives. We hope you are impacted by this week's teaching. We're in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. That's what we're looking at today. Right, a few months ago, I was watching a TV programme online. Well, not online, on my television, quite late at night. I was watching it, and it was about people who live on council estates. And this TV programme, it's pretty deep because it was go- there was a geezer going around interviewing people who were on and living on council estates about how life was. And there's one woman they interviewed, and I'll never forget, how she responded, because it really touched my heart. She said this, I am tired of life. Life is becoming a big struggle for me. My kids are up the wall. The schools look down on me because my kids are always in trouble. The social services look down on me and my neighbours think I'm scum. I am tired of life, she said. Life is just a struggle. Now, when I listened to that, I thought, I know what you mean, darling. Life is a struggle. And I remember when I first came a Christian, right, and the joy of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord and Saviour, the joy of being freed from slavery to sin, the joy of being freed from drug addiction, alcohol addiction, and not needing respect from people anymore, the joy I got from knowing Jesus, from just trusting in him. But since that day, especially over the last couple of years, I have to ask myself, what? happened. Because once again, I see myself struggling with life. I am tired of getting up in the morning at times. I am tired of going to church at times. I am tired of seeing people at times. Life is becoming a struggle for me again. Now, I wonder if any of you guys here can resonate with that. We all come to church with our spiritual makeup on, do we not? Trying to look good and think we're better than we actually are. But I guarantee most of you, but if not all of you, are struggling in some area of your life. And it means we've forgotten something that Jesus has told us. And that's what I want to look at today in the Bible. But before we go there, I'm going to pray because I think we need the Holy Spirit to really open up his word and our hearts to us today, so we know how to love God more and love one another. So let's pray, and then we'll go into God's word. Our Lord God and Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord. No matter what happens in our lives, no matter what technical difficulties happen, no matter what struggles we're going through, whether we're single or we're married or we're working or we're not, you are our God. And I pray that people who do not know you today will come to know you, Lord. And the people who do know you today will come to know you even more. I pray, Lord, that I would come to know you even more today as well, Lord Jesus. As we come here as sinners saved by your grace. And I pray today, Lord, that you really shine upon us. And you help us to know you, love you, and honour you more. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. So we're in the Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. And I'm getting a bit loud, sorry. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. I'm a loud speaker, so if you turn me up really loud, I'll speak loud. It's just that's how I'm naturally am. Forgive me, I should have warned you of that. So Matthew 11, verse 28, 30. And Jesus says this. There's a crowd around him, right? There's a crowd. And Jesus has just told this crowd that all authority has been given to him by the Father. And he's just told this crowd, I choose how I reveal the Father to. Now Jesus says this to the crowd. He says this, come to me, come to me. Jesus is offering the crowd an invitation to come to him. And all of us here today, Jesus is offering an invitation to come to him. Whether you've been a Christian 30 years, 10 years, five years, or you're not a Christian, Jesus is offering you here today to come to him. A few months ago, back in the summer holidays, I got an invitation to a banging party, right? This party was some next level. It's not some party you get on road. This was in a mansion in the countryside, right? And it was done because I know some rich boys because I went to university. And it was done by a Christian and he wanted me to come to his party. And he gave me an invitation. And on this invitation, he told me why he wanted me to come and why I should come. Shane, we want you to come because we want to enjoy your company. And we want you to enjoy our company. And you should come because there's a five-course meal in it for you. And at this party, right, there's all sorts of MPs, lords and nobles. And you can imagine me chatting to them. All right, mate. Yeah, lovely. All MPs, lords. It was a great time. But on this invitation, it told me why I should come and why he wanted me to come. And now what Jesus is going to say is a similar thing. He's going to tell us why we should come and why he wants us to come. So let's carry on to see what Jesus says to this crowd. He says, come to me, all you who are, what? Weary. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. This crowd that Jesus is chatting to are struggling with life. They are weary and burdened by the pressures, temptations and trials in their life. And the reason why they are so struggled, we'll look at it now quickly. Let's go to Matthew 23. So if you can turn there with me quickly and we'll see one of the main reasons why this crowd is struggling with life. Matthew 23, verse 4. So I want you to check this scene as well. Jesus is once again is speaking to the crowd. And he's speaking to the crowd about the religious leaders of the day. Now, these religious leaders were top dogs. They knew the Bible inside out. And this is what Jesus says to the crowd about them. He says this, verse 4. They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. The religious leaders of Jesus' day, the authority over this crowd's life, are not willing to help the people. Instead, they're making their life worse. The sack people who are meant to be teaching them about who God is and how God loves them because they are his chosen people and how they should live for God are tying up heavy burdens on them and crushing them. This is why this crowd is burdened and struggling with life. And there's another reason they're struggling with life, this crowd that Jesus is chatting to, because they're under foreign occupation. 
The Romans are ruling them. Now, if you know anything about history, the Romans weren't nice guys. When the Romans ruled you, they treated you as slaves and they enforced their culture and their legal system on you. So they've got massive struggles and burdens in their lives, this crowd. They've got bad authority. Now, we all have authority in our lives. Our authority is not as bad as this. Even if you think it is, it's not as bad as this. But we do struggle in certain areas of our lives, do we not? I tell you what, life is a bit like this, right? At home, I've got some weights, because I'm trying to pump up and become like Arnold Schwarzenegger, isn't it? So I've got some weights, right? And at home, for the first 20, 20, half an hour, I'm doing it, yeah? Triceps, biceps, shoulders, whatever you want, I can do it. Yeah, this is cool, lovely jubbly, do you know what I mean? I'm getting strong. By the 55th minute, because I time it, my left arm is struggling. It can't go up, and I can't lift up my left Right, and it's a struggle, and my left arm is tired, and it is burdened. Now, I think life can be like that for all of us here. At times, we can deal with life. Yeah, yeah, this is cool. I'm on it. I'm on it for Jesus. I'm on it. I've got the money coming in. At other times, life can be like this, a big struggle. So like the crowd that Jesus is talking to um, in this story, Jesus is also talking to us today. Because each and one of us, I guarantee, are struggling and burdened by life in some way. And now let's see what Jesus says to give us a remedy for this. So come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, all you who are struggling with life, and I will give you what? Rest. I will give you rest. Jesus offers the crowd rest And he offers us all here rest today. And rest can mean two things. It can mean an eternal rest, and that's what we're looking at now. So Jesus is offering them an eternal rest today. And he's offering us all that, where there'll be no mourning, no tears, no crying. Right, Pilgrim's Progress, I'm sure some of you have heard of that. It's a book written by a Christian in the 17th century. It's a banging book, if you can read it. But I've read the book... And I've watched two movies. And I'm about to describe to you the movie. There's a guy called Christian in it, who's a Christian. And what it is, he's walking and following Jesus. But every day in the movie, his life is burdensome. It's a struggle. It's a temptation. But the thing that gets him through is thinking of the celestial city in front of him. That's the thing that gets him through. And that celestial city represents heaven in the movie. And how he makes it is thinking of resting with Jesus in heaven, in that celestial city. How many times do we think of heaven in our lives? Be honest. If you're anything like me, I hardly think of heaven. I think of the problems today and what's going on today and what's going on tomorrow and the problems that are going to come next week. I hardly think of heaven at all. I was catechising a brother a few weeks ago. It was actually a few months ago. I was catechising him. That's the catechism. If you're doing the catechism, amen. Get to do it if you're not. It's an excellent thing. It's really grown our church in love for Jesus and love for one another. And I was doing the catechism with him, and he turned to me and went, Shane, I could not get through my day without thinking of heaven and resting with Jesus. And I thought to myself, wow, I never think of that. No wonder I'm burdened and I'm struggling. 
And this guy admitted, I've got many problems in my life, but those problems seem minute when I think of heaven and resting with Jesus. So how are we today? If we're burdened by life's struggles, are we thinking of that eternal rest with Jesus? And if you're not a Christian here today, no wonder you're burdened by life's struggles because you've got nothing to look forward to except for death. Jesus can offer you rest. So turn to him whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian here today. Let's carry on and see what else Jesus says because he's got a lot more to say to us in this passage. So come to me, all you who are struggling with life, weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my what upon you? Yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now a yoke in this culture, right, it was something they used to put on oxen so it could carry heavy loads. So an oxen had to carry heavy loads and push it forward. So they'd put this like wooden bar on it and it would help it carry it forward. But a yoke is also a metaphor for a rabbi's teaching and his authority. So back in the day, in the first century, you'd have a rabbi who would say, come under my yoke, come under my teachings and authority. And this is what Jesus is saying to the crowd here today, come under my teachings and authority and learn from me. And this is what he's saying to us today, come under his authority and his teachings and learn from him. Right, when I was at York University, yeah, um, about two or three years ago, I did history. And in my third year, we had to choose our modules, yeah? Um, and there was one module, and what it is, the history teacher would write why I should choose it, who he was and what the module was about. And in the who he was bit, he proper bigged himself up. No word of a lie. I took the module in the end because he bigged himself up so much. So he said something like this. This is what he said in the end. He said, I am one of the foremost medieval scholars in the world. I have written many books on kingship, the symbolism of kingship and religion in medieval Europe during the 12th and 17th, 16th, 15th sorry, centuries. I have also only got one out of three manuscripts in the world of Joan of Arc's trial. It doesn't matter who Joan of Arc is, but she's a medieval figure. And he had one of the manuscripts, and there's only three in the world. And he said, if you come under me, you'll be being taught by the best teacher in medieval scholarship. I was sold. I was like, I was there. Do you know what I mean? Now I can, now I can say I've been taught by the best teacher in medieval scholarship. It doesn't get me anywhere, but I can at least say it. Yeah, so that's what it means. He was offering me to come under his authority and his teachings. He was offering me his yoke and why I should come under his yoke. Now Jesus is about to tell us why the crowd and us sitting here should come under his yoke, his authority and his teachings. So follow along with me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am what? Gentle and humble in heart. Jesus doesn't big up his academic credentials here. Jesus gives a part of his character why we should come under his authority and his teachings. And one of the ways he comes under his authority, one of the ways he uses his authority and his teachings is by being gentle and humble towards his followers. Jesus is not one of those teachers who will slap you when you get it wrong. 
Jesus is not one of those condescending teachers who will look down at you going, I can't believe he didn't do that. Right near. He is not one of those teachers. He is gentle and he is humble. So come under his authority and his teachings today. Whether you've known Christ for 30 years or you don't know Christ, take his authority and his teachings in every area of your life today. I remember watching a debate a few years ago between an atheist and a Christian. There's always a big like, match-up when you get that in it. It reminds me of a boxing match or something. You get an atheist and a Christian, and they're having a debate, right? And this atheist and the Christian, this atheist was going at it. And in the end, he stopped and refused to debate the Christian. And it weren't because the Christian had great intellectual arguments, to be honest. I thought the atheist had better arguments at this debate, to be honest. But it was because the atheist stopped because the Christian was so gentle and humble in correcting him. He was so gentle in saying, no, you're wrong. And the atheist had to stop the debate because he thought, I'm going to become a Christian because this person's character is showing me what Jesus is truly like. And he stopped the debate and walked out. Now, if a sinful follower of Jesus Christ can be like that, how much more is our Lord Jesus Christ gentle and humble? So what are we waiting for today? Come under his yoke, come under his authority and his teachings in every area of our lives, whether it be in your marriage, whether it be in your work, whether you're single, whatever situation you're in in life, obey Jesus and come under his authority and his teachings. Why? Because he is gentle and he is humble and he can save our souls. But let's carry on. Next line. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus, once again, offers us rest, not just an eternal rest, though. He's saying this. If you take my yoke upon you, my teachings and my authority, you will find rest today for your souls. You will find rest today for your souls and his teaching is easy and his burden is light because he is gentle and humble in heart now I want you to imagine a guy called Andrew for a minute now Andrew is a bit of a raggo guy yeah but he has a loving father his father has got three rules for him to live in his house yeah no drinking no smoking and be in at 10 o'clock That's his father's rules, and all he has to do is come under his father's authority and obey those rules. But Andrew's like, no, man, I'm not having that, innit? I'm going out on road. And so he goes out on road and joins a gang. Six months later, he's a drug dealer heading to prison, and he's got two girls pregnant, right? And he's struggling with life. And all he has to do is come back under his father's authority, and his teachings, and his father will forgive him, and he will find rest in his father's house. But he doesn't want to. He'd rather have the struggle. Now, sorry if I offend you here, and this is for me as well, but I think there's a bit of Andrew in all of us here today, and how I know that is because you're human, and I'm human. There's a bit of Andrew in all of us here today 
where we're struggling with life's burdens, trials and temptations. And the reason is because we're not taking Jesus' authority and teachings upon us to find rest for our souls today and in the future. If you are a single guy or a single person, how are you using your time? Because if you're struggling, it might be that you're not using your time to find rest in Jesus. If you are married, how are you in your marriage? If you're struggling in it, you might be struggling because you're not truly obeying Jesus and finding rest in his teachings and commands. If people at work are doing your nutting, and trust me, I understand that. Yeah, I do understand that. If people at work are doing your nutting and you just want to act sinfully to them and just give them a slap, it might be that you're not looking to Jesus, his authority and his teachings to find rest, but you're trying to find rest in your situations. How are we today? Because the only way we will find rest in our lives, true rest, is by coming under Jesus' authority and his commands. We'll find rest today and for our souls. Now, all the way throughout the Bible, right, you have this idea of rest. And we see God's people failing to enter in it in the Old Testament. We see Adam disobeying God, and then he gets loads and loads a hassle and doesn't find rest. We find the Israelites who get rescued out of slavery to Egypt, but they disobey God, and they all die. The first generation dies in the desert. They don't find rest. And then we see David, and you see him subdue God's enemies and his people's enemies. And you think, this is the guy who's going to give God's people's rest. But then he gets saucy with someone else's missus. And he experiences the consequences with that. He couldn't find us rest. And then we get to Jesus. And Jesus comes and says, take my yoke, my teachings and authority upon you, and you will find rest for your souls today and in the future. And this is what I believe God has been saying to us today through this passage. We all struggle and are burdened by life. We all do. It could be now, it could be in the future, it could have been in the past. But we are struggled and burdened by life's problems and its hassles. But we fail to see that coming under Jesus' authority and his teachings gives us rest for today and the future. We fail to see that and we try and find rest in other things. We try and find rest in other people. We try and find rest in money. We try and find rest in securing our future. We try and find rest in our husband or our wives. We try and find rest in our friends. And all those can give us little bits of rest. But ultimately, it's Jesus' teaching and his authority and who Jesus is who will give us rest today. Now, all of us, because we're human, including me, have failed to come under Jesus' rest for today. All of us have. And if you're not a Christian trusting in Jesus, you won't come into his rest in the future either. But there is good news for all of us here today. There is excellent news. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ perfectly obeyed God the Father. He was perfect. There was no wrong in him. There was no sin in him. He never had one lustful thought, one selfish thought. He never had any sin. And he died on a cross. 
for people like us. And no offence, we're all scumbags. I'm sorry to say that. You might, I'm sorry, if I've offended you, talk to me afterwards. But we all are, because none of us obey God, and none of us love each other as we should. But on that cross, Jesus took the sin of all those who would believe in him and died a brutal death and rose again three days later to put whoever believes in him in a right relationship with God the Father. So if you trust in Jesus today, your sin has been forgiven for not coming under Jesus' authority and his teachings to find rest in him. If you're not a Christian here today, come to him. Come to him and find rest for your souls today and in the future by believing and trusting in what Jesus done. How can we live this out this week? This is one of the things I always find hard. Our rest times, right? We all have rest times. We all have times when we have rest. It could be in the evening, it could be on a Sunday, it could be on a Saturday, it could be in the morning. We all have times where we find rest. What do we do in those rest times when we're just chilling? Is it a me time thing? Is it a me watching the football thing? Me going out shopping thing? Me working out thing? Is it a me going to chill with my friends thing? Because one of God's commands is to delight in him. In our rest times, are we delighting in God or are we delighting in ourselves? That's one of the ways we can live this out this week. By delighting in God by wanting to read his word more than wanting to watch EastEnders. Now, I don't know if any of you watch EastEnders, but, you know. More than wanting to watch telly. More than wanting to chill with your friends at times. Delighting in God, worshipping him in song and in prayer and reading his word. Another way we can use our rest times is for one another. Because we do get a sort of corporate or corporal rest with one another. How are we doing with that? Do you try and avoid Christians during the week? I know I've done it a couple of times. That's bad. You're not truly looking for rest in Jesus if you're doing that. You're looking for rest for yourself. There are just a couple of ways we can live this out this week by coming under Jesus' authority and his teachings and finding rest for our souls today and in the future. Now, what I'm going to do now, right, is that I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond because I need to respond as well. Because I look for rest in so many other things. And maybe you do too. I look for rest in my comfort, in pleasure, in chocolate cake, whatever it is. Yeah? I look for my ultimate rest in that instead of Jesus and coming under his authority and his teachings. So what I invite you all today is that when in your seat, we'll bow our heads for a minute and have a minute of silence And what I'm going to do is repent and ask God to give me rest today and to ask him to help me to find rest and to delight in him by coming under his authority and his teachings. And if you would like to join me in that, that would be a great thing. Our Lord God and Heavenly Father, we ultimately find rest in your Son, Jesus Christ. And we have many burdens, temptations and struggles in our life that get us down. But Lord, if we find rest in you more, those struggles and temptations will seem so insignificant. So help us to come under your authority and your teachings. Help us, Lord, to be delighting in you during the week 
Help us, Lord, to find our satisfaction in you and our rest in you. I repent, Lord, from not resting in you as I should, for not taking my delight in you. And no wonder I struggle with certain things. And I pray for my brothers and sisters here today that this week we'll be thinking through how we can rest in you by coming under your authority and your teachings. And I praise you, Father, that you sent your Son to die on the cross for our sins. And I pray, Lord, that in our lives you help us to make you look glorious to the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. find out more about us, visit our website at calvarychapelsouthlondon.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at CC South London. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.